our next story, begins in a village in the Bulgarian countryside where Mimi Chakarova was raised. Her family crossed over to the U.S. after the fall of the Iron Curtain, but many of her friends, they weren't so lucky. Mimi Chakarova spent her young days raising chickens and climbing trees. I was surrounded by women who were very simple, very poor, but just full of love. And then I had a lot of girlfriends in the village as well, so it was a sense of a female community. After the collapse of communism, a lot of people left. Those who had opportunities to leave, like my parents, immigrated to other countries. Those who didn't have professional skills were also trying to get the hell out. When I was 13, my mom and I moved to the United States of America. They arrived in Baltimore. It was not what they expected from America. And we go to this one-room apartment, and we see these cockroaches scatter around. We're thinking, this can't be America. (laughs) Mimi bought a small camera to prove to her friends back in Bulgaria that America wasn't what they thought. And she took pictures of everyday life in Baltimore. Photography corresponded with truth. As a teenager, she returned to Bulgaria to visit all of her friends that she left behind. I visited my grandmother in the village, and I would ask about different girls in the village, and she would say, you know, well, this one went to Germany, and that one went to Italy, and, you know, her grandmother hasn't heard from her. Now we'll go to their house and speak with the relatives, with the grandmothers, and just say, how is it possible that she wouldn't send money home? What do you think happened? And there was this unspoken truth. What happened was there were a lot of agencies they would offer promises of jobs in other countries to go to Italy or to Germany or to Israel and work as maids, taking care of the elderly, waitresses. And then there were others who signed up for jobs that didn't exist and they were sold into prostitution. The way sex trafficking works, these agencies would escort the woman to her destination and then when the woman would be greeted at the airport, she would often see a transaction of money, cash being exchanged, and this is the price that someone is paying for her. But the moment that the woman protests is when the break-in period starts. Beating her, locking her without light, starving her. This whole story about sex trafficking in the Balkans is huge. I had been reading about this, and what bothered me the most about the coverage was images, mostly shot by men, pretending to be clients, and then going in and interviewing her and taking her picture. And the types of images that were coming out, women on hotel beds, loads and loads of makeup, skimpy lingerie, completely detached. Those types of images in my mind, they only perpetuate the stereotypes. Mimi became a photojournalist and the images taken by men turning up in the national news continued to disturb her. They didn't show a complete woman, a relatable woman, just a sexed up thing the photographers had paid for, for an hour. If I am sitting here and I'm complaining, how can I do this better? And the answer in the beginning was going into the communities where these girls were coming from and taking photos of women who had escaped the sex trade 
had returned to their villages, which is the same community that I came from. We grew up on the same stuff, we celebrated the same customs. We were the same people. I traveled to Moldova, which is a tiny little country. There was an estimate that nearly 200,000 women had been sold into prostitution. I met Vika. Vika was uh, trafficked to Dubai. Mimi spent months with the women who had escaped brothels, escaped slavery, learning their stories and taking their pictures. There were times when I would interview women. I would notice something. The way they would smoke their cigarette, the way they would sigh, look up, or... It was something in their gestures. This needs to be a moving picture. So Mimi started filming her interviews. Vika, did you learn English there? No. What were the first words? How much? How much? And what else? Condom. And then Mimi realized it wasn't enough to interview the women after they had escaped. She needed to film the whole story. And she began to make a film called The Price of Sex, following the path that Vika and the other women had been forced into. I went undercover in the service of following this woman's story from beginning to end. I'm not interested in being trafficked. I'm not interested in being bought, but I, I want to be able to come as close to this as possible to understand how it works. But she knew going undercover as a prostitute in a brothel was dangerous. I consulted Joe Davidson, who's a former FBI agent, someone to just go down a list of what I should be prepared for. It sounded really scary. You always have to think of the what-ifs. Joe told me not to do it, and he was not alone. If it happened, if I was pulled into the back room and discovered what I was doing and someone decided to sell me, I would be gone in a few hours and no one would be able to find me again. It's a network which you, you, you don't want to mess with. Mimi came up with a plan. She tapped into the Underground Railroad of escaped women and their allies and found men who agreed to pretend they owned her as a prostitute. Then she put on a short skirt and high heels, a wig, lipstick, and a spy camera concealed in a cell phone. And together, they went underground to the clubs and brothels where enslaved women were rented out by the hour. Go into some basement. You go through five or six guys who look through your bag, you know, and go into some dark space and everybody is watching you. And you have to keep it cool. You have to pretend that you know exactly what you're doing, that you're not lost, that you're not scared. Even though inside you're falling apart. We were using night vision cameras. In the brothels, Mimi would film the transactions. Men bargaining for a price. And just like other women, she found a place that men could not go. I spent a lot of time in the bathroom because the bathroom is the only sanctuary for the women. So women would come in, they would change clothes, they would talk about the clients, they would have these conversations. So I would just be there, again, looking <laughs> strange because I'm holding this cell phone, but I'm holding it in a very peculiar position because I'm also filming. What was interesting for me is spending time with the women and watching them, watching their expressions. 
seeing how miserable they looked. I always saw myself as them. The escaped slaves Mimi grew to know back in her homeland were emotionally destroyed, physically wounded, and cast out of their communities. Jenya, another woman Mimi interviewed, says she wished she'd never been born. And after eight years undercover, Mimi understood. And what I was going to say, which very few people know, is that in my mind, I had already made up. If the worst thing happened, and I was on the verge of actually being sold, I would choose death over that. I was 100% resolved to do that because I had interviewed too many women and knew, I know how quickly you disappear. She worked on the film for eight years. She went undercover in the United Arab Emirates, Turkey, Albania, Moldova, and the Czech Republic. I wanted you to see them as human beings that have endured something that most of us, I have to say, probably could not even survive. It was an accident of fate that Mimi ended up a photojournalist and not a trafficked woman. But they came from the same place. And when she slid into a tight dress and put the makeup on, she became these women. And ultimately, being these women was her most powerful weapon. A weapon she turned on the traffickers, the pimps, and the clients to reveal the truth. Men, especially in red light districts, think of women as trash. Cows, doormats, they think nothing of women. They would not imagine in a million years that there could be a woman who's pulling something like this off, who even is clever enough to devise a plan and enter their world and expose something. That story was produced in cooperation with the filmmaker Mimi Chakarova. We just can't thank her enough for sharing her life's work with Snap. If hearing those clips from Mimi's documentary, The Price of Sex, makes you want to dig deeper, check out our website or thepriceofsex.org for information on the film and multimedia exhibits. Thanks again to our own Anna Sussman. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.